Hey, everybody. This episode is brought to you by our proud title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena, the next generation of off-ice hockey training for players and goalies. Look, we know how much you invest in your children's hockey development, the early mornings, the travel, and let's not forget the expenses of training for hockey camps, private ice time, the general expenses of the season. It's a lot. But wouldn't it be great to bring that on-ice practice experience home that's fun, fits into your schedule, and that's affordable? If you said yes, which I'm sure you did, you've got to check out NHL Sense Arena. It's a top-tier virtual reality training game that brings the on-ice practice experience home so you can practice anytime and anywhere, literally. You can transform any part of your home into a virtual ice rink where you're getting unlimited access to over 100 drills, training plans from top coaches and players, weekly drill challenges, and more that focus on improving hockey sense and physical cognitive skills, starting at just $33 per month. That is a lot cheaper than an hour of ice time. The physical side of hockey gets a lot of attention, but we don't focus enough on the mental side of it. It's something we talk about on this show all the time. NHL Sense Arena provides an immersive solution for players to sharpen those skills when ice time is limited or not affordable and they want to get those extra reps in. So for our listeners, NHL Sense Arena is offering an exclusive $50 off their annual plan all you got to do is head over to their website, hockey.sensorina.com. Again, hockey.sensorina.com and use our code hockey never stops and you'll level up your off-ice training by using NHL Sensorina. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting us and NHL Sensorina. Enjoy this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. friends and families around the world welcome to another edition of our kids play hockey as always i'm joined by christy casciano burns and mike benelli i'm Lee elias today's topic is a good one we're talking about hockey parents today as many of you know if you're listening to this after it comes out we just passed father's day and the team and i were talking about great hockey parents it doesn't have to just be hockey moms or hockey dads but great hockey parents and it made us want to do an episode we realized that in the hockey community a lot of times we end up commiserating about the things we don't love in the hockey world, but what we don't spend enough time on is the great things that happen in the hockey world, the great people, the great communities, the great things that happen with parents. And again, we all know stories from the hockey world that revolve around that, but you know what? We wanted to create an open forum. We wanted to discuss it and really start promoting it in a positive way. You know, guys, one of the things I think about sometimes with social media is it just seems like one great competition or one great highlight reel and we don't spend enough time really sharing maybe those inspirational stories or those inspirational people that can really brighten someone's day. So we hope that if you're watching this on your newsfeed or if you're listening to a podcast, that this is going to brighten your day, especially if you're in the hockey community. So what we're going to do today, each one of us is going to move through and tell a story about a great hockey parent that can be a coach that we've uh, met or have been with or experienced time with during our time in our hockey journey. Now we have to give this little disclaimer each one of us committed to not use our own parents. So I'll preface this now that we all love our parents. If our parents are happy to be listening to this, we love you very much. We thank you. But this episode, unfortunately, we're going to move beyond you and talk about some of the other people in the hockey world. Um, so who would like to go first? I know this is an exciting topic. I'm looking at you, Christy. I'm looking at you, Mike. Whoever says they want to go first is going to go first. Go ahead, Mike. Mike, 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 Mike was pointing yeah. at you and then Christy... Well the ball back and here we go go ahead well I, I just i just you know listen i think it's just uh it's one of those things i've been thinking about and 
you know, it is hard, right? Because, you know, when you go through, uh, you know, being a player with great parents, when you go through being a coach that, that has great parent support, and then you go through being a parent of a, of a player and you see all the great parent supports around you, it, right. it really, they, in my, in, the, unfor- well, fortunately and unfortunately in my world, all these parents meld into like one person, like the, like the, the good, you know, and I, and I am, I try to find that, that good piece of the parenting part, right. That, that helps with the, with the hockey. Cause you know, you see the Facebook posts of, you know, the tournament weekend and every, and then all of a sudden you don't see any Facebook posts unless they win. Like, so you say, Hey, right. we're made it to the right. final. We can't wait. You know, we're one step away. And then you're like, what happened? We must've lost because I didn't see it. You know? So I think it's, it's, uh, but it's, it's funny how, you know, there, there, but there are great parents that, that, that are supportive and probably don't get the accolades in this social media well, world. Mike, I'll, I'll cut you off there too. I want to let you guys know that I should have said this in the open that, you know, there, there are so many people we could pick, right? So it's almost unfair to make us all pick just one, but what we'll do is we'll make this an anthology series within the podcast and we'll do episodes like this every yeah. so often. So we can kind of tap on as many people as possible because I do understand I'm probably putting you specifically, Mike, in a position where you got to pick someone and you might run into the, well, what about me? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not going to give any names, but uh, but certainly go. I think one of the one of the best uh, parents that I've experienced over the last few years is really been more of a youth hockey coach in a position where, you know, the parent went above and beyond, you know, any kind of title or any kind of need to be, you know, the manager or the scheduler or anything like that. And just somebody you know, you know, this, this particular person was just a generally positive, influential person with the rest of the group. I mean, it's a, there's that one parent and, and I had this that, you know, really helped sway what happened on the, uh, in the benches and, or on, you know, in the, in the stands and, you know, and had the, had that way about her of also reminding the other parents, although she was serious, like, you know, and she used to give this line, like, you know, you know, and I loved it because she's like, well, you know, who says it's okay to lose, you know, losers, you know, but we're winners, you know, we want to win. And, 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 but she was really great at being, you know, funny and, and connecting with the parents and did a great job of keeping everybody really grounded. I think we all need that in the youth hockey world and, and, you know, just little things like name plates for the kids and, you know, being conscious of the end of the year, gifts not just for the head coach but for all the other people that helped and like somebody like me who at the end of the year will go through the rigmarole of just trying to get the season ending on a positive note you know she was really good at reminding everyone else about all the great you know the things that happened all the way from you know from September and October that we often forget about right I mean everything seems like a lot of the hockey season really is reflected on the last two weeks and that's wrong um because it's a great journey. And, and I think those, that that's the kind of parent that I think stands out for me right. is that youth hockey parent that, you know, keeps you grounded as a youth hockey coach and also keeps that support around you and helps you, uh, you know, get the other parents on your side uh, because, you know, and I don't think she didn't even have the best player on the team. It wasn't like sometimes you have, you know, a lot of people follow the, the one parent just because they have a, the kids, the best player on the team, which doesn't necessarily make them a great, them a great parent, you know, a great part of the team, but she was great. Um, and I think uh, we, we need more people like that, that, that aren't, you know, that unsung hero, I guess is in every season you have that. Right, uh, but I right. think in this particular instance, uh, that was a really, uh, you know, strong person for me to have around that. So I, I think it was, I think it was two years. So it was great. 
Yeah. And I, I also have to give a shout out to hockey grandparents too. I've met some amazing hockey grandparents um, throughout our, our youth hockey years to the point where, I mean, there was, was this couple that never missed a game. It didn't matter how far away we were, been way up north in Watertown or in the Southern tier, wherever that game was, they were in the stands. And part of that was, and they were so busy as parents when their son played hockey they didn't really get a chance to experience being a hockey parent full time um, and they regretted missing out and here was their second chance and they were taking in the grandkids I mean bringing the banners wearing all the team colors and it, it was just so wonderful to see that and to have that connection with the kids so many so many kids don't have that relationship with the grandparents I just love to see that. So I do have to give a shout out to all the hockey grandparents out there. Thank you. We love your support. We've had a lot of great um, hockey parents who, as you alluded to, Mike, they just, they kind of are the glue that holds the team. Um, they work behind the scenes. They're not looking for any recognition. And all those little things that they do make such a huge difference. Uh, this one hockey mom made a gourmet lunch for all the hockey moms, you know, out in the parking lot. We uh, opened up, we tailgated, and um, she made sure that every single one of us just got treated to something special during when we're, you know, <laughs> got our kids from one ring to the other and we have no time to eat. And all those little things, uh, like putting uh, signs on the kids' locker room doors to make them each feel like stars um, uh, or, or the hotel room doors, just all those fun little things that just uh make the season special and memorable for the kids and parents so we're lucky that we've had a lot of really good parents along the way very supportive and i think that's the thing about hockey uh, because it is such a huge commitment uh a lot of a lot of people think of us as crazy nuts insane and maybe that's somewhat true <laughs> but because I think we spend so much time, we have such a huge investment in the sport and our kids, we take the time to make it special for not just ourselves, but for the whole hockey community or hockey family. It is a community, isn't it? As you just said, you know, one of the things I think about too, going back to what you said, Mike, you know, I remember at the end of this past season, um, the, uh, the hockey parents got together, they gave the coaches, which I was one of them, just little gifts. I remember they gave me this coach that said, oh, this coach, they gave me this glass that said coach Lee on it. And, uh, you know, just so the parents out there know, um, coaches really do appreciate the end of the year gifts, probably more than we let on. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you get the, Oh, thank you so much. But it really does mean something to, to have that recognition at the end of the season. And I'll tell you what, I use that coach Lee glass more often than I'd care to admit. Um, because it's a cool reminder of, of what we've done. And, and this is at every level I've coached. Even when I coach college, where I tell the parents um, pretty point blank that I'm happy to have a conversation, but not regarding your child on the hockey team, right? Um, they're adults now, they're in college. I, I don't report to the parents. I, I mean that with no disrespect. But even after those seasons, I would get gifts from the parents uh, for just you know helping with their children through, not children, their young men through college. So uh, to all the parents out there that organized that, this is a big shout out to you, obviously, because that, that's a big deal. And then Christy, as you said, it, it is a, a fraternity sorority, however you want to look at it. Uh, you know, the, the hockey clan is a little different than the other clan parents with other sports. 
Um, and I have no problem saying that uh, the dedication, the money, the time, the sacrifice, all of that goes into creating, uh, you know what it is? It is the, the consummate. It takes a village, right? It takes a village to raise a, a kid or much less a team. Um, I'm going to be very specific with a person uh, uh, for this episode because I realized that I don't think I've ever actually uh, spoke about this person publicly and he had a major impact on my life, much less my hockey career. Um, and I will preface this again. There's many people I could mention and I will in other episodes, but this would be the starting place for me. I want to take you guys back to 1997 <laughs> when uh, I was a peewee, right? So you guys could do the math on that one. It's my first year playing hockey. I started very late. And all I'll tell you is I could skate like the wind, but I had no other skills. That, that was my gift was I could skate, but I hadn't developed anything. And after my first season, uh, I went to go try out for a spring league. And I was, I remember being very nervous and I'll never forget. I made a team called the red team. That was where they were colored jerseys. Right. And I made it the red team and the head coach of that team, his name was John Colonna. All right. And I'll never forget. He came up to me right after this trial. Cause I didn't have a ton of confidence at this time in hockey. I was, I was playing it. I was kind of doing it, but it wasn't my life yet. And I remember he came up to me after the tryout and he said to me, I can't believe nobody took you first. He goes, you were still on the table when they came to me and I jumped at you. That was the first time there's a bigger story here. That was the first time in my life. Anybody ever said anything like that to me in my life, much less hockey, right? That I can't believe nobody picked you. You looked, you, you were obviously the person to pick. And I'll never forget this throughout that season, man, he built me up. He put me in a position to succeed every game. He built so much confidence in me or put so much confidence in me. I started scoring like crazy for the first time in my life. And it was that summer or that spring that I, for the first time, remember feeling, man, I want to do this forever. It was the first time I ever felt that, right? It would not have been possible without him. Okay. Now the story grows and grows. Because it's not just about him as, as a dad. I don't think he actually knew that much about the game. It's not a shot. I mean, he just, you know, I don't think that was his thing. He was just a, a hockey dad that coached. Um, but what I remember about John Colonna, outside his son, Vincent, who was the goalie on the team that I played on, who I'll send this to, um, was he was the most giving person I think I've ever met in my life. Every summer. This guy would invite us over to his house, which was almost the ranch, right? Like just huge open space. And he would put on this kind of like 4th of July type party. There would be a full like, you know, roasted pig. I mean, just, I mean, this was a massive, massive party. I don't remember him ever asking for money for it. My parents might tell me differently if I asked, but this is what I remember about these parties, right? All his teams were there. All his kids' teams were there. We're all together. We just had a blast. And he put on, I still don't know how he did this, the greatest and biggest 4th of July fireworks spectacular I've ever seen, ever. And I'm talking, I've been to like town ones. I've seen the ones on TV in Washington. I've never to my, for my life seen anything this grand and been in person. We would just sit in his yard and look up and he'd launch these fireworks. It was magical. You know, the reason why this is so impactful on me is because I was in high school when this was happening. Uh, I got to say this, 9-11 happened during this time. And I remember that that summer, uh, there was a big light up wheel that said, let's roll, which for those of you who don't know, that's what uh, one of the members on Flight 93 said before heroically taking that plane down. Um, and I remember after 9-11, that being the first time I felt anything outside being scared from 
And this guy throughout my entire high school career just believed in me. He made me a captain of one of his teams. If he doesn't pick me to be on his team and really make me feel confident, I'm not sitting here today. You know, um, he tragically passed away a few years ago. He was a great man. And I remember the last time I spoke to him, and this says a lot about who he was as a person. I called him probably around 2006, 2005, 2006, sometime in that time period, because I got a minor league tryout. And I, I hadn't speaking to, spoken to him in years. And I called him and I said, hey, John, listen, I got this minor league tryout. I don't know if I'm going to make the team or not. It really doesn't matter. I remember saying that to him. But I want you to know that I wouldn't have been here without you. Like You're a major reason that I'm here. I called every coach that day that I thought had a major impact on my career. And, and, and I remember he'll never say, he, I'll never forget what he said. He said, I didn't do anything. You did this yourself, which is again, that's just how humble he was. Right. Um, but I'll never forget that. He just kept pushing. Like you did it, Lee, you love the game. And I just wanted him to know that, you know, look, you put me in a position to succeed when nobody else did. Nobody wanted a 12 year old who had never played hockey before. They didn't want the hassle of having to teach him stick handling, puck handling, shooting. And I said, most of all, you, you made me believe I could do it. And that's the key with this guy. John Colonna. That's the key with this guy. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to make me believe. I don't even think he knew he was doing that, to be honest with you, but he did. And, and he put me on this pathway that I'm sitting here today. I have the hockey businesses. I've dedicated my life to the game in a lot of ways. That doesn't happen without him. And I'll tell you what else the impact was, and then I'll be quiet, <laughs> was he was so humble and so giving without thought that had such an impact to me. I remember thinking at one point when I was younger, man, I hope I can give back like this one day when I was really young, I was a teenager, right? That was the impact he had. And I do that now. I try and give back as much as I can. And I'm telling you that all spawned from his giving this, those, those 4th of July spectaculars, I call them. I still to this day have never seen fireworks as good as this guy would put on. And it, it must've cost him a fortune, but he did it every year for us. You know, he, it was a pleasure to be on the bench with him. He just made you feel good, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm so lucky, I'm so fortunate, you know, aside from being blessed with great parents, that this man came into my life. He was, I was such an impressionable, 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 tongue twister, age, for him to come into my life and to teach me that. And it's really impacted me to this day. And that's the type of person that I want to celebrate with this episode because, you know, he didn't have to do it. And I, and I guarantee he, he didn't know how big of an impact he had. And I think that's the point, right? You never know what kind of impact you're going to have on someone just by giving them a chance or telling them you did a great job today or putting on a 4th of July spectacular and inviting them, making them part of the community, feel wanted. So John Colon, this one's for you. This episode, at least for me, is dedicated to you. Um, you know, God rest his soul. He's got three beautiful children uh, who are all grown up now. <laughs> Right. And, uh, you know, without, without him in my life, I'm not sitting here. I, I had to shout him out. And again, in another episode, I've, I got other people like this too, but he, he started it for me. I'll never forget that summer, uh, him picking me up on that spring league and making me believe I could do something in this game. And that's where it starts. It was a long story and I appreciate you both listening to it. That's a beautiful story. Thank How you. do you top that? Mike, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, like, and I, I think it really goes to the heart of a lot of the reasons why we're all together now. I mean, that you're, that you find people in your life as you, as you develop in, you know, just in this hockey piece that motivate you and inspire you and, and, 
and you draw from them, right? I, I, right. You draw the, the, the you, you find out like later on, like, my God, that guy used to give up like 26 weeks of his life from, right. for, for me. Right. Like what the heck was he thinking? Or when you do it, and I, and I try to reflect on that too, when I'm coaching and I'm having opportunity, you know, to influence and, and, you know, give back to players that, yeah, I've got to, I've got to have high energy and I've got to be, you know, in, in, in an inspirational, you know, uh, draw for that kid, because just as easy as it was for somebody to turn Lee on to hockey, it could have been just as easy to turn you right. off. Right. And I think it's just, you know, I think that's why, you know, when we're all here and, 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 you know, for me in particular in a, an episode like this it would be really difficult for me to name the, the, the 18 people I could list today. Right. That, that each piece of them made an impact on me, whether to, to give me a leadership position or to kick me in the butt a little bit or to, you know, give me lunch money, you know, when I didn't have right. any, you know, right. you know, and I'm like, Oh, geez, you know, everybody else is, everybody else is kind of here and I'm not in that situation. So it, all those little pieces that inspire you along the way, that just happens to me. It was a lot of hockey because that's what I was involved in. But I think it's, uh, but for all of us, you know, as, as parents of youth players, you know, what you're, what you're talking about Lee and, and, you know, that those little impacts you can make along the way, uh, really in, in the youth sports too happens more from the from the volunteer dad right. and mom right. than it certainly does from the professional hockey coach and I think that's a, a great you know takeaway for all of us that are involved with youth hockey at the at the minor level and the volunteer level you know what what I'm building on that Mike you know one of the things that again I've had multiple coaches teach me but the thing with John was that you know we we, we can all get lost sometimes in how transactional things are right you know, I coach you. So you give me this, or, you know, I bring you. So you give me this. And I was always astonished. And again, this is through the eyes of a child. I, I don't know if, if there was, if he asked people for money or not, it's, it's not the point. He was just so giving. I just, it was so, I just can't believe how giving, I remember thinking like, how is he doing all this for us? Right. Why is he doing all this for us? Right. And, and that had such an, a, an impression on me. It made such an impression on me. And I remember thinking that of just, it's not transactional for him. He just wants us to have a good time and be good people. I mean, look, he was always, this wasn't like a free-for-all, right? I mean, there were life lessons there. Uh, I can, t I remember one time I was playing against one of his teams and uh, I got, I'll just say, I got a little salty with one of the players. And I'll, I'll, I remember from his bed, she goes, Lee, Lee, what are you doing? Like, he's not my coach at this point. I'm, and I, I remember I had to go up there after the game. I was like, look, I would never do anything. To one of your players. He's like, that's not you. He goes, that's not like you to do that. He's coaching me. I'm playing against him, right? I, I think I scored a bunch of goals in that game too. Um, by the way, side note on that. I remember he used to let us name the teams we were on. The red team was the red team. The next year we called the Yakahooties. I'll never forget yeah. the Yakahooties and had a Tasmanian devil on the jersey. And I think it was the, uh, the solar bears. We, we, he would let us do whatever we wanted with that. He's like, yeah, whatever you want to name the team. But he didn't make it transactional. You know, it, listen, I, I don't know how it is around the country. I'm sure different places are different. In the Northeast – everything's very give and take, right? Uh, sometimes it's even more take than give. And, and, you know, he just broke that down of like, it doesn't have to be like that. You know, it's, it's, I'm happy to give you this. Just give me your best effort, have a good time and be a kid. Um, and I don't know the motivation behind it. I know he had the means to do it, but it was the choice to do it. He didn't have to do any of this stuff for us. And he did every single year, every single game. And like, yeah. the point I'm trying to make is this. 
that was impressed upon me. Now I try and do that for the people that work for me. I try and do that for the people I coach or even the people I run into. You just never know what someone's going through in their day. And uh, at that time in my life, especially when I was like 12, 13, um, I was not a confident person at that time in my life. Really, it was, I, was, I was in a transitional period. Um, I would actually describe myself as somewhat unconfident, right? And I, guys, I, I can't stress this enough. I remember the moment hockey clicked for me because it changed my life forever. For the first time in my life, I believed I was good at something, right? Um, and I probably wasn't. That's the funny part. He just saw potential, right? And he, and he helped me get there. So just going back to your point, Mike, yeah, it's not always about the transactional of, you know, we get lost in this. So like, well, I'm not doing anything for that person because they didn't do anything for me. And, and don't get me wrong. Like the, the, if someone's a jerk or an a-hole, you don't have to go out of your way. <laughs> All right. But, you know, when you see a little kid or you see a parent that's really struggling, just go tell them something nice, man. You go out of your way for that person. You never know what you're going to do for them. We all need to hear that, especially right now, right? We've all been locked up for 15 months in the most turbulent hockey season of all time, from the NHL all the way down to Adams, right? Um, this is where the hockey community should shine, right, Christy? Like this is where people get to come back together and start moving forward as a group and really start to enjoy being part of a team again. Yeah, um, and I hope coaches keep that in mind, the great responsibility that they have and just those those little things that you can do right. that can make such a big difference um, in a kid's life is they may not have anyone else in their life telling them that they're good at something right. Right. or to try or to keep trying. Uh, and, and if they're putting in the work, you need to recognize that. Uh, such great reminders as we're right. starting to get back together. Um, you know, there are a lot of hockey clinics now finally happening again this summer. So coaches, you're going to have that opportunity to start influencing kids again. So keep that in mind, what Lee said. Um, what you can do for a kid, you can just spark that little fire that's burning in them that just needs to be flamed a little bit. Here's your opportunity to do that and give back in ways that you may not even realize it. Um, but they'll always remember that and carry that with them, as we just heard Lee say. That's amazing. The other thing I wanted to just talk about um, the hockey community and our uniqueness and our ability to come together as a group. And I really, what I love about being a member of the hockey community is when one of us fall, we all fall and we all lift each other back up. I had a, a recent experience with that. Um, there's the youth hockey team reached out to me this year Syracuse Blazers hockey team reached out to me as a news reporter because they knew I'm also a hockey mom so they thought maybe I would have interest in the story one of their coaches Remy Babineau uh, was suffering a kidney disease a rare hereditary kidney disease and um, they were he was about to go on dialysis, dialysis which as you know carries a heavy toll um, and if if he didn't get a transplant soon um he didn't know how much longer he would have and his one wish was just to watch his kids grow up that's all he wants in life uh so i i did the piece on him um i shared it with our viewers um in syracuse and it spread i mean it, it went viral it went all over the place and the the and he kept coaching, even as sick as he was, um, he's got three kids, a wife, beautiful wife at home. He still wanted to give back, um, even though he didn't really have much strength in him to do it. He still found enough to keep getting on that ice 
maybe you wouldn't be on the ice, you'd be off to the side coaching the kids, still wanted to give back to the kids. And the great news here is the story spread enough, it was so widely spread that he found a donor. He had the transplant and he's making a comeback. So um, that's just a true testament to our hockey community. Uh, we pull together. Um, so while I'm not recognizing just one individual right now, I would just want to recognize all of you That's guys. Okay. That's okay. It's wonderful. And, um, you know, keep doing that. Keep looking out for each other. Um, it's just so unique. And it's so, it's just a beautiful thing. So thank you. That is a beautiful story, Christy. You know, and you're making a, yeah. a wonderful point too, that I want to bring up is that it seems like, especially the last maybe five, six years that it's just, everything has been so negative, just so negative, you know, online, uh, in network news, uh, I, I love local news because local news actually can still report on good things happening, as you just proved. Um, there are so many good, positive stories out there uh, in the hockey community, but beyond, right? But we have to look for them, right? And, and like, that's one of the, the, in my opinion, one of the, the, the upsetting things about this time is there's so many of them. We don't report them enough. This show is going to report them. This show that we're doing together, we're going to share the good stories. We, we go over the bad too, so we can learn from them. But the, one of the things that we're committed to here is sharing these great stories. That's an incredibly inspiring story that you just shared. And it, that, that they came to you and you were able to do that. And you saw what happened. It went viral. There's a lot of positivity in the world. There is balance, believe it or not. <laughs> you know, it, it, right now we have to look for it. I, I am looking forward to a time when uh, as a, as a, species, I guess we can, we can find those better stories and share those too. It doesn't always have to be fear and dark and the bad things. You know, one of my favorite ones that I'm going to talk about a lot uh, on my own channels is the fact that, you know, we're beating this pandemic now, finally, right. And, and, you know, millions have perished, but we're beating it. That's something we should collectively feel good about, not just as Americans, but as a world, right. As we're finding a way through this together, the hockey community is like that. It's always been like that. You know, one last note for me before I jump into final words on what will be a shorter episode, which is okay, is, um, and Christy, you actually made me think about this with these inspirational people in our lives. Um, and for, for th this is really more for the, the coaches out there or even the parents, I guess, is that, you know, so often we, we forget that our experience is not the communal experience. We all have these very individual experiences growing up and being parents. And, you know, I remember how sobering it was when my father you know, I had a really good family life. I had great parents, uh, but he reminded me one time when I was probably late teens, early twenties that look, not every kid comes home and it's wonderful. You know, a lot of kids go home and it's not a great place to be that hockey or school is actually their safe place. You know, I had, I had never looked at it like that. Right. So for those hockey parents out there, again, I'm not saying you need to raise anybody else's kid. That's completely up to you if you want to do something like that. But you got to remember that not every kid, not every person is having the same experience that you are, you know, hockey might be their safe place. Are you keeping it that kind of environment for them? Or are you creating an even better environment? You know, again, I had a great home life, but John Colonna created an amazing place for hockey for me that I found a home for the outside of my home for the first time in my life. First time in my life, I was 12, 13 years old, you know, so you can create that. And my attitude is, don't force it, but always be, this is how I look at it for myself. I always want to be the person that's in a position to give that to somebody who wants it or deserves it, right? Not everybody 
I don't want to say deserves it, but not everybody's in a position to receive that. That's what I'll say. Right. But I always want to be that person. He taught me that, right. Always be that person that's there. If someone needs it, it doesn't have to be transactional. You don't owe me anything just to feel good about yourself for an hour, a year, a month of life, whatever. Right. That that's, that's, that's one of the things I want to impress. That's really what makes a great hockey dad or mom, right. Or person. Getting lots of smiles here. I, I, I might be oh, talking well, too much this episode. No, I think it, I, that's no, the you're, truth. That's all I, I think. It, yeah, I think it just, I just, I just think it's easy to it's easy to jump on board with that kind of stuff and, and understand yeah. that. Yeah, I think. But in hockey, I mean, from my point of view, and I think you know, being you know, being able to see this from from a national level and be involved with so many different programs and so many different communities, I think we forget too that the one thing that's you know, Christy alluded to earlier, you know, about being crazy in the hockey world is that we forget all this stuff that we do. We have no idea, you know, you forget that it's that all the stuff we're doing, not everybody can do it as easy. Like, Hey, let's go to a tournament in Rhode Island next weekend. All right. Well, that's a thousand (laughs) dollars. And a, you know, and a family has to determine, can I do that? And what am I giving up? Like some families, they don't care. It's like, Oh yeah, that's no problem. That's great. That's a, that's a, that's a night out. But to other families, it's right. their whole budget for the year. And I think in hockey, you see that more and more because hockey's not in our region, especially in the Northeast, it's not communal. It's not like kids all in this. It's not soccer where everybody right. on that team is in the same socioeconomic place. It's such a different sport. And we have to be aware of that as we look point. at these things that, you know, just because you're a great hockey player and you make a team, that's just the start of the expense. Like, oh, great. I made the team. <laughs> this is great. My kid's on the super team. Now what do I do? Yeah, right. right? And I think it's just, um, you know, so I don't I think it's important for all of us to remember that, you know, if you are have the means and you have the ability to make sure you look before you just say, hey, you know, because I see it all the time with parents like after a game. They win. Everybody's pumped up. They're happy. Hey, let's all go to wherever. Right. Uh, top golf or. Well, that's expensive. Like, and is that, is that in somebody's budget to do that in the weekend? Somehow these parents make it work. They do it, but you don't want to be that. You don't want to allow that. It's just so hard to forget about that. Maybe there's a couple of families that can't do that. And that, that really is a huge, huge decision to do that kind of stuff. I don't know. I, I, not, to, not, not that I don't want to be positive because I do. Um, no, you're you a look great at point. What, what great parents do and what great coaches do and what great organizations do, they find a way to, communalized all that and, and make it make it so they understand and recognize all the different people on your team and how do i how do i associate and create um experiences that benefit the group as opposed to that one individual parent that's all gung-ho that says hey yeah we're all going to go right. uh to to the pro hockey game tonight because we're in town well can we all do that right and and i think we forget that not everybody can right that's really important to keep in mind. And I've been very fortunate to be on very hockey friendly, friendly budget hockey teams where, you know, we, we were on all different levels. I mean, some, some parents couldn't afford to do And we'd always try to make it so that everyone was included before we decided if we're doing an out of town trip, what can everybody afford? What's within everyone's budget. And if we had parents that couldn't do that, then we'd find something else. 
you know, okay, we're just going to be out in the parking lot. We're going to, you know, we're going to shoot some pucks and sticks or we'll do something at the hotel. We'll have a, a game night at the hotel so that everybody can be together and uh, we'll all do a potluck supper instead of going out to a fancy restaurant. Right. And I think, so, I think that was my point earlier that, you know, I, I've been fortunate to have those parents that recognize what other parents don't have. Right. Like if they're the ones that say, whoa, 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 let's do a survey. Let me figure out who can do what. Right. And not embarrass anybody, but also include everyone. And then, there, you know, and to Lee and your point too, what happens too in a lot of these situations is you find the parents that say, I know so-and-so, I'll, right. I'll pay for that. Like, don't want to tell anyone, look, to, to, to your coach, Lee, right. I, I, how many people could put on a multi-thousand dollar fireworks show? And, and be you know and not and be included. Maybe you got to find out from your parents what they had to pay. But you know, but if they didn't, you know, he did that as an adult. Look, but like, he, he, I can tell you this, Mike. Even if they did have to pay something, this thing, right, right, right. This thing was it was <laughs> incredible. It was but I mean, I, but I think the effort, like <laughs> yeah. you, but to your point, is he included everyone in everyone? And really, it doesn't yeah. sound like to me he's a guy to be collecting at the door, right? He wasn't. So he wasn't. yeah, and I think that's important. I mean, that's and that you obviously have a great, um, you know, had a great experience for yourself, but obviously because you're close to those guys that were on that team, they had a great experience too. And I think, right. you know, didn't right. just make you stand out. You know, it's funny when you, if you probably talked to everyone on that team, they probably all had very similar experiences without you knowing it. Right. I, w- I was just going to say that, you know, I'm probably not the only person whose life he inspired, you know, and, and that, and, and he, he just, he never asked for anything in return, except, as you say, except right. hard work. Right. Right. And, and, you know, I think the theme here guys, and, and this is why I love episodes like this, because we come to like funny conclusions that we didn't intend to. <laughs> is that all the people that we're talking about, there seems to be a level of selflessness and a, and a level of consciousness, a consciousness that it's not about them and that they have to keep other people in mind. You know, when I think about all the great influencers in my life, whether it's hockey parents or not, there's a level of consciousness beyond their own experience that they were able to kind of look at someone and say, this person's different than me. Let me think about what they might be going through. And again, it's not so much that they sacrifice themselves for other people. I, I don't think that that's whatever happened. It was just they were giving of what they could give and they made a decision to do it, right? They didn't, they didn't go to a point that it was hurting them, but they were conscious of, wow, hey, Lee's low confidence, right? I mean, I, I, you know, they're, they're, I'm telling you right now, I actually know this. There were plenty of people who looked at me at that time and said, oh, I don't want to deal with that kid. I was really hyper- um, I was, I was very emotional at that time in my life. I couldn't control my feelings a lot of the time. It was just, that's who I was as a kid. I got no problem admitting that he looked past all of that and he saw the potential. Right. Um, and, and, you know, this is what we're talking about. He just kind of took the time to say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to invest in him because he deserves it. He's working hard. He saw that it wasn't just yeah. an annoying zitty faced teenager, <laughs> which I was, <laughs> you know, so I think that's the theme of this episode, right? Is like the level of selflessness to, to, to be able to put yourself outside your own mind, your own economic situation, your own, your own BS, right? That's another one. And just say, everyone's got their own journey. You know, Robin Williams guys has this great quote. Another God, God another guy to God rest his soul. He said famously, and I, I, I lean on this. You never know what someone's going through. You know, when you're in traffic and someone's going mad behind you, honking the horn, giving you the middle finger, as annoying as that is, and we get plenty of that in the Northeast, right? You don't know what's going on in that person's day. They might be having the worst day of their life, you know? And I, and I just kind of keep that in mind when anything like that happens. And I just kind of go, you know what? Peace be with you, you know, in most situations, as long as they don't put me in danger. But, 
you know, my, my point is, it's like, you know, we get so egotistic about things like that. And it's like, you know, I see somebody angry and stuff like that. I really, I really just wish them the best. I really, I, I'm, I'm sorry, whatever's happening to you. Maybe you are just an a-hole, but it doesn't matter, right? I just wish you the best. Um, and, and I think great hockey parents, sacred hockey people do that. It's not really about them, right? It's about the team. It's about the community. Um, and yeah, we all felt included at, at, on the teams, but those 4th of July parties, we all felt included. And the, by the way, I didn't mention this, the food, oh my God. Food was unbelievable. I never ate like I, I I never seen a pig rotating. Sorry to all the vegetarians out there, but I've never seen that before. A pig rotating on a fire and you eat it. You're like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I've been missing this my whole life, partly because I'm Jewish. And you know, we had, we just didn't eat a lot of pork in my house. And then partly because I've just never had this before, but just what it was, whatever you wanted. I mean, and you could bring your family, you could bring your friends. It was just, you know, it's so gracious. And again, major impact on my life. I've said it too many times now, but um any Great. final thoughts i, I want to yes I'll, I'll keep this conversation going as long as we want but I, you know I, I think i've i've made my point too many times now if you know what i'm trying to say well you know lee i have to tell you being italian i i try also to do what you say be be nice and try to think about what that other person has gone through but inside i'm swearing italian I'm not gonna <laughs> <lie to> you. <laughs> you don't have to lie yeah yeah hopefully you work past that though right now i understand i understand <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Ah, uh, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yes, um, especially as we're going forward, because gosh, let's hope we have a hockey season this year and the pandemic is behind us and we can get our kids together and we can watch them play on ice. Coaches, don't forget the influence that you have on these kids. It's so important. Uh, you know, you can set them on fire and you can also set them way back. Right. So just, it's a, it's a great responsibility. Um, but it's, it's so important. And as Lee says, you might be the only one in their lives who's encouraging them to do something positive. And that, yes, if you can be successful at this, you can be successful at other things in your life. So, and parents, let's keep, you know, there's so much negativity out there and, and we've been through so much. It's been a horrible year. We've got another chance. Let's make the most of it and let's support each other and lift each other up instead of putting each other down. And uh, let's let's go forward with uh, making this the best season yet. My window's closing. I only have a couple of years left in hockey. So I know I'm going to I'm going to make the best of it. And um, I'm, I'm hungry for it. And I can't wait those early mornings and that horrible taste disgusting bitter coffee the, the mud i call it the I mud i can't wait to drink the mud again <laughs> i'm all other than other than i give when i give the peace sign or any other sign when i, I see those people that maybe maybe are struggling or you know you're wondering um like, well, I'm, I'm hoping either the person gets a ticket ahead of me right. or they get to their destination safely because obviously there's some kind of an emergency. But I think, um, I don't know, I, 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 it's a great episode for me to start the week and, and kind of reflect on a lot of the things we're doing now, even preparing for next year and and and, and preparing even the, the little things about, you know, how are we going to build our team and, and, and what kind of parents we're going to ask to do certain things to help us out, you know, make the experience better for everyone. I, I will disagree a little bit, Lee, that, I think uh, the the coach, like I'm all in it for me. Like I get I get so much joy when I see 
like when I see, I literally love, like we did a, a lacrosse program this weekend and we did a fun little superhero thing with the kids at the kindergartners and second graders. And I found more joy in that, like as just an, as a coach and somebody leading that charge, like that gave me like so much energy the rest of the day. I'm like, I can't believe how much fun these kids had. Like that was fun for me. And the, and the other kids that helped me do that had fun. And so I, that's where I find my, you know, my joy in this and you know that's the volunteer position and given you know whatever i'm i don't think i'm i don't even ever look at it as you know, i'm giving up my time right. i'm looking as i'm i'm giving my time to, to to enjoy an experience you know with with kids that i wish and sometimes in a lot of ways i wish i had right like i i missed a lot of those things as a player i'm like wow i wish my coach would have done that or but wow, this would have been cool to have this happen or this is how you know we can inspire more kids to play so I mean, I look at that every day as, as opportunity uh, to, to really have fun, you know, inspiring other kids and in a lot of ways, other parents, because I've been finding more and more as, as my career has gone on that I have more parents wanting to help me than fight me because I think they want to find joy too. And I'm like, yeah, let's, let's have fun together here. You know, this is, we're all here. We're stuck together for, for, <laughs> for all these months in this little box. Let's make it fun. Why not? Mike, let me, to finish this episode, and I, and I actually, you just made me realize this. Let me tell you the fundamental difference between why you're doing this great and correct in my mind and perfect. I shouldn't say perfect. No one's perfect, but, no. and, and why other coaches don't. Because this experience fills up your heart and not your brain, right? This fills up your heart and not your head. You don't have a big head. You never have as long as I've known you. You got a strong personality. I get that. All three of us do. That's why we're on the air. Okay. But you have a huge heart, right? And, and like, like I said, you could disagree with me, but you just define selflessness without even knowing it. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's the difference is that, you know, it should fill your heart up with joy. And the thing is, you know, for those of you who don't have kids, if you're listening to this somehow, the show is called our kids play hockey. One of the things that amazed me, and, 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 and Mike and Christy, you, you'll know this already. This is something that I've come to learn uh, in recent years. You know, when you have your first kid, the love is, it's incredible. The amount of love you have for your child. It's, it's, there's no words to describe it. I'm not going to even try. And I remember when we were having our second child, the thought does cross your head of like, man, how am I going to do this with two? You know, I love my son so much. Have another one. And what you don't know, because you don't know your capacity, is that when you have the second kid, the love just doubles. It just, just doubles in size. You didn't think you could love anything as much as your first kid, but here you have another one and you love them just as much, right? I mean, when they're together and they're fighting, it's a pain in the ass, but you still love them, right? You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and Mike, you embody that. Your heart just grows. And you, you just, you know, you have your kids, you have thousands of kids. And, and, and here's the thing. And Mike, I know you've experienced this. I've experienced this a little bit too, is it's those phone calls I get 10 years later after I coached a kid 10 years later and they had, they're a dad and they have kids or they're a coach. And they say, you know, I really appreciate what you did 10 years ago. Or like, do you remember this drill you made me do? The payoff doesn't come if you want to even look at it like that for years after it's done, but that's not why you do it. Right. Mike, I know you've had those calls, right? I've had those calls from the college kids. I was only 23. They're calling me like, Hey man, remember that drill you did? It's a, it's a reminder that you're doing it right. When you're not expecting the call, you don't want, you don't really need the call. Right. And like you said, Mike, your heart is just filled up. It's your heart, not your head. There are coaches that it goes opposite, goes to their head. Right. But that's not you. It's never been you as long as I've known you. And uh, you know, that's my compliment back to you. 
And don't ever disagree with me again on this show. I don't appreciate it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but you have the editing right, so you could cut that out. But I, I think, could I, I could do whatever I would. <laughs> <laughs> but I think no, it's great. I like. I guess I really appreciate you guys aspiring this uh, the talk. And, and and we always say, you know, oh, it's going to be a short it's one. Twenty minutes. It's gonna, yeah, it's going to go right through. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting here going, well, we could keep like we're going to have a, a you know we can come back on later and talk again. But I think it's um you know I, I'm I just hope what I and I what I've been experienced too too is. You know, maybe people don't do it publicly through social media and Facebook and the our kids play hockey kind of this little community, right, that we hope we're helping inspire and, and be a part of. I love I'll get text messages after the episode all the time. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Or oh, you were you were crazy back then. How did you even right. say that? Or, you know, whatever, you know, but I think but I think at the end of the day, there's many, many, you know, to Christy said this earlier, there's many more positives. Totally. than the negatives wait, wait, and, wait, I think, wait. and we have to embrace those positives because I think that they're the things that keep us coming back every year. Right. The negatives get the attention, but it's not necessarily reality. Right. Well, it's on us to present the reality. And that's what we're trying to do with this episode. And uh, uh, being conscious, I'll also let the listeners know that, yeah, we think these are going to be quick episodes and you stay with us the whole time. So we appreciate (laughs) you as well. Um, I think it's a good sign, guys, that every time we say, yeah, well, it'll be quick when it never is. It just shows you like this is a little community here, too. So. I think that's going to do it for this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. Obviously, check out OurKidsPlayHockey.com. You can see the entire list of episodes. I think we're at 32 with this one. We're, uh, we're moving on up. And uh, obviously, you can hear our episodes wherever podcasts are heard. You can watch them on Facebook or YouTube. Or once again, check out our website, OurKidsPlayHockey.com. For Christy Cashiano Burns, Mike Benelli, I'm Lee Elias. We'll see you next time on Our Kids Play Hockey. Take care, everybody.